Welcome to Ink Studs Radio. I am David Brothers, and I'm here with Zainab Akhtar, the creator of Comics and Cola. Uh, how hey. are you doing? Oh, I'm good, thanks. How are you? I am good. It's very early for her and very late for me, so this is going to be a fun podcast, I think. But, yeah, I think we're both a bit tired. Yeah. Uh, let's start with something super easy. What's, what's the appeal of Mads Mikkelsen? Oh, I think, you know what, I think it's actually pronounced, um, I was trying to read um, how it's pronounced, and you pronounce it like that, you don't pronounce the D. So oh, really? It, yeah, so it's pronounced, I think, um, you know, like the end of Thomas. So oh. Mass, just like the mass bit, I think, so Thomas, mass. that's what I read. Anyway, um, I don't know, I think it's just his face, mainly. Um, um, yeah, I don't know, I'm not sure. I like... I'd, I'd try not to read too much about him because, like, you know, the people um, that I, the people that I sort of look up to or admire, I don't want to know too much about them because then you inevitably find out something bad, which sort of taints your view yeah. of of them. Um, but I don't think he's conventionally attractive. Um, I don't know. He's like one of the things that I find attractive is just sort of like competency. <laughs> <laughs> which sounds weird but i think it's it's really it's really nice when somebody's good at what they do and i think he's obviously he's quite natural there's sort of like difference between natural ability and learned ability and the you know like one can take you so far i think mm-hmm. um and there's you can sort of build upon it like i think the comparison you always use is in, like in tennis like nadal and federer mm-hmm. i don't know if you watch tennis david only a little bit. Not a, I like. I know the names, but I couldn't tell you what makes them good. You know. Right. Okay. Because like Roger Federer, he's sort of like he's incredibly, incredibly gifted, and it's sort of like natural innate talent. Um, and he's playing at a really competitive level, even to this sort of. Um, even though he's sort of, I guess he's quite old now in terms of like for for tennis and in in sports in general. And Nadal is one of those people like he's um, he's probably a lot less gifted, but he's quite physical with his game mm-hmm. and um you could tell that he practices and it's sort of like that's where it's all come from but he's i think he's only yeah he's same age as me but in the past two years his game has just sort of like deteriorated because his body just can't keep up with that level um so i think he i think coming back to mass which is a really roundabout way um i think he's a really good actor but I just really, mostly I just really like his face. I think he's got a really weird face. Um, and I like the way, like, when he's off duty, he seems to wear, like, three layers of Adidas at all times. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his photo shoots are always amazing. Yeah, like, he just doesn't give a crap. And I think people, um, but he doesn't seem to, anyway, in terms of, like, appearance. Um, and, um, yeah. And I, I like, I don't know. I guess you get into those whole conversations about masculinity as well and notions of that. But he just seems like, I don't know, there's something sort of primal about him. Yeah, that makes <laughs> I sense. Don't, uh-huh, yeah, it makes sense, okay. Um, and, like, I don't know if it's just mainly, like, roles like Hannibal and Valhalla Rising, which sort of, and he's, in a lot of films, he seems to be sort of, like, quiet, um, you know, dirty, <laughs> end up, like, in, you know, in these westerns, like, he ends up, I don't know, scruffy and sort of thing, which sort of plays into that. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, aesthetic. What's your favorite role that he's done? 
Um, I, I really liked him in Hannibal because I think it was just it was the first time like I'd really beca- became invested in a show to that level, and I remember I followed it like from its conception, and I think it helps because you become more you can become more into something because I read the books when I was quite young. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed them. Like I wasn't like oh, a hardcore fan, like, what are they going to do with this adaptation or whatever? And I, again, I've seen some of the movies. I've never, I haven't seen the original Manhunter that they did with the CSI guy. Um, but I've seen all the others. And then I was just sort of like quite interested because, you know, a TV adaptation. And obviously he was quite a big name. And then um, who's the guy who plays Will Graham? Uh, Hugh Dancy. Yeah, so he's sort of like Hollywood, I guess, although he's not been getting like those sort of roles. Um, so it was like the casting was interesting. Yeah. Um, so I started watching it, and it's really beautifully shot, and it's also sort of ridiculous at the same time, but I think the performances helped to like anchor that those two kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always thought of it as being kind of a, like a TV show with like movie aspirations. <laughs> like in yeah. terms of set design and how they use their budget and that kind of thing like it was always very like classy and overwrought at the same time yeah, yeah. and I, I just really like the way like you know so many things that when I don't know reimaginings um, and I actually thought it was really well done like in terms of it was quite original mm-hmm. um, in terms of like their relationship. And I really liked the first two seasons. I thought the third season went to hell. But just the relationship between Will and, like, obviously he's sort of, Hannibal's working out, like, oh, this guy, I actually sort of want to be his friend, but he doesn't know what to do. And he's just sort of, like, testing him and pushing him. Mm-hmm. And then Will eventually finds out. And I quite kind of like how he sort of turned back on him. That was really good. Um, so I that, that was the aspect that I enjoyed the most. And then in the third season, I think that fell apart. And also, I think he, Brian Fuller, he got into, you know, when you start believing your own hype a bit. Yeah. Um, um, and it, it, like you were talking about the overwrightness, and I just think it sort of like jumped the shark a little bit in terms of that. Yeah, I agree. Um, the uh, All the like the slow-mo, very artistic scenes in season three, I feel like they stretched out the first half of that season really, really far, you know? Yeah. The whole bit in Italy... Um, it was just um, it, it it was too much. It was it was way too long. Um, I I don't really think it added anything. I and everybody's like going crazy about Richard Armitage as the Red Dragon, and I thought it was shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get any sense of menace from him whatsoever, and I didn't really care about him either way. Like I think he's supposed to be obviously like at the same time, it's like this vulnerable person who sort of descended into um this violence but yeah i didn't get a sense of that but i was happy the way it ended so yeah yeah, I, yeah so i really like Martin. i really like hannibal for that reason we're gonna switch gears real quick and did you read comics as a kid i did but i think about this a lot um not really it seems strange to me because you know like how you define comics now, or well, the way I think of comics now. Um, I used to read comics as a kid, but I never used to think of them, oh, I'm reading a comic now, if that makes any sense. They were just it, books? 
Yeah, just books. Um, because I didn't read a lot. Um, we have we used to have like a a weekly comic that came out that was called The Beano, mm-hmm. and it just had like various, you know, Dennis Menace. I don't know if you've heard of it, and um, the Na- Nasher and the Numbskulls and the Bash Street Kids. Um, various strips in it. I used to read that at school. You know, like on on rainy days mm-hmm. um, when we weren't allowed to go outside to play in the playground. Um, so it wasn't like a regular thing. And then my dad used to take us to the library and they had Tintin there. Um, and that was sort of like the extent of my comics reading as a kid, but I can't say I didn't read comics, but I never thought, oh, hey, like these are comics or this is a separate sort of medium and maybe there's more of this. And then because, I mean, I've been going to the library since I was a kid and used to go so much. And I think as a group, I started... Like, Dad always used to keep us like, oh, he used to check our books and check whether how whether they were appropriate or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what we read. <laughs> I, I always remember this thing, you know, like, um, they do the Babysitter's Club. Yeah. Books. And <laughs> I remember once um, he was like, what, what's this? And I was like, oh, well, this, this group of girls and, you know, they do babysitting. And he was like, yeah, then... Along comes a group of boys, and before you know it, <laughs> and I was like, "It's really not like that." <laughs> but he's really sweet and cute. Um, but then eventually, obviously, we, he stopped taking us because we were old enough to go on our own, and I think generally he was just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really we always tease him because um, I've got two older sisters, and there's me, and I've got two younger brothers. Um, and he did a lot with the girls, but when, by the time the boys came along, I think he was just tired. Yeah, he was just exhausted. <laughs> yeah. And they, they never got the whole library experience. Uh, yeah, I find it quite amusing. Um, yeah, so then eventually, I think they had like a few odd comics, you know, like Batman trades and X-Men trades in the teen section. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that I was just like seeking out comics. I can't pretend that I was, but I just used to read anything, you know, I was... It really used to be one of the um, cliche people who sort of read the back of cereal boxes and packaging and everything. I just used to read anything. I was really voracious. And I think I didn't really properly start reading comics like as, oh, you know, I'm interested in this and I want to know more. Um, until I was at university and um, it was time to do my dissertation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just looking for the easiest subject possible. So I decided to do it on Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so that was obviously sort of like 20,000 words. So I had to read quite a lot of comics for it. Wow. And then after that, yeah, after that, I got into comics. What was your focus on Batman for your dissertation? Um, the contemporary relevance of the superhero. <laughs> okay. Um. It was just sort of like divided into chapters. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, when I look back on it, I mean, I, now I could have done such a better job. <laughs> but um, it wasn't great. I think it was fine. I mean, I, I you know, I got a good grade. Um, yeah, so just looking at various aspects of sort of like his psyche and his relationships and like, um, you know, the Nolan movies, because I think there was that whole thing about like um, the Dark Knight Returns and it you know it's tying into like the Bush era mm-hmm. and politics around that time and surveillance um, and all that stuff yeah yeah and uh, just generally like you know torture and things so yeah it, it was fine I mean 
I just wanted something that would keep me interested and I thought if I do something that's just like, I don't know, on the romantic, so I'm just going to get bored really quickly. So mm-hmm. it did its job. And how long between that and starting up Comics and Cola? Like how much time passed? I think it was around the same time. Let me think. When I left college, I was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it would have been around the same time. Um, When we originally started it, I started it. My cousin introduced me to this guy online. And she was like, oh, you should both start a blog. It, to be honest, I don't remember the details, mm-hmm. and we were just going to be like a pop culture thing. Like he, he used to write about. I've deleted all the old posts now, um, but he did a couple of posts on, like you know, TV shows or you know, film news related to comic books. And then um, I'm sort of very exacting. I'm probably a bad person to work with, <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted I wanted the blog to update sort of regularly on certain days and we were trying to divide the days between each other and he 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 wasn't like keeping up his end so I think eventually I just he pulled out probably because of me or whatever and then I think it was dormant for a while and then I started writing a little bit more regularly on it just because I was reading more comics and it was sort of it sounds really dumb but I didn't I was I led quite a sheltered existence, <laughs> mm-hmm. so like we didn't have like TV in the house for a long time when I was a child, and we didn't have like the internet. So when we did have the internet, um, when I got sort of like in my late teens, early twenties, um, I didn't really know like the extent of it. So I would just sort of like go on Amazon to search for comics. <laughs> Um, or I would just sort of like type in like crime comics into Google and, you know, get these lists and recommendations because I was just looking for what to read. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was sort of like how I used to just select things. And I had no idea that comic book shops were a thing, which I, is really funny to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. Like I was thinking about this. I was like, cause I was sure you were going to ask me and I, I can't remember like, I think one of the reasons that I started writing more regularly was, oh, I don't know why I thought this, but there must be other people like me. Like, if you're looking, if you're just starting to read comics, and there wasn't anything when I was searching that seemed like a good access point for new mm-hmm. readers. So it was sort of like a, a double thing, like, oh, I can be that because I'm in the same position. So if somebody else is just starting, maybe they'll read my blog. Um, and I'm just starting, so it's like it, it could be helpful, and it was helpful to me at the same time to sort of examine the books as I, I was reading as I was reading them mm-hmm. and sort of like document that whole journey as such. Yeah, that was it, really. People ask me that all the time, and I feel like there should be like a more glamorous or like noble pursuit to it, <laughs> and, it and there's really not. <laughs> it's just really boring, and like, yeah, I was just. I was just reading comics and writing about them, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's honestly that's better than mine because um, what was yours? Basically, Why did you start? like I met Gavin, uh, my co-writer, I guess, on Fourth Letter because we were doing like fan fiction way back in the day in high school and stuff. Oh, really? What? Yeah. One? Uh, any mostly like fighting game fan fiction, but oh, like with a comedy action bent, you know? Right. Yeah. 
And so like we really hit it off there. And um, I started writing about video games for money, but I was like, oh, but comics, like I'm getting back into that. Now I got to talk to somebody about that. So it was sort of like a way for us to talk to each other. Yeah. But also I was like, none of these sites talk about comics that I want to read or in a way that I think is interesting. So let me do it myself. Yeah. So kind of the same thing where it's like, there's, there's a hole here and I think that I can fill it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I kept all the, all the old posts, even though like some of them make me cringe, you know, like there's random reviews of like Batman or Green Arrow trades. Yeah. Um, uh, which I don't know, like I'm not embarrassed about, but also, um, I quite like because it helps me see like, oh, there's definitely been progress in terms of critical thinking and, um, just knowledge, hopefully. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going. (laughs) No, that's so actually that's a good, uh, segue in terms of improvement. Like what do you, what's something that you know now that you didn't know then? Oh, I don't know. Um, is there anything like you approach comics differently because you've been doing comics and cola for so long? I, I don't know. Um, I think one of the things I, I, I probably try to talk about the art a lot more, mm-hmm. um, which sounds really basic. And also, um, it's not a huge revelation in terms of uh, how you improved, but it's just, it is. It, I find it strange because at the same time, I don't really consider them like separate. You know, like the comic is a product of both the art and the writing together. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, like even if you have, because there's so much movement. Well, I don't know if there's so much movement, but I hear so much probably because I'm on Twitter so much. <laughs> it's like that. You should like credit and talk about every aspect of it now. Like you should talk about the coloring, you should talk about the penciling, mm-hmm. you should talk about the writing. And I, I find that really difficult to adhere to. But when I started out, I definitely didn't used to care. I don't, I don't know. Not care. I mean, there were always certain books like that. You look at the art and I couldn't, I couldn't, I preferred certain styles, but I didn't have, like, the vocabulary to sort of explain why or really talk about why one thing appealed to me over the other or what it was doing in terms of, like, pacing or narrative or, you know, those sort of um, elements. And I feel like even now I feel really inadequate because I think, obviously, I don't understand it on the level that, say, like, an artist would. Um, or somebody who makes comics. Um, so I just try to talk about like, how how it makes me feel more than anything, or if if there's something that stuck out in terms of like coloring, or you know, a certain panel looks something clever that's been done, or some you know, tone, whatever. I think I'm always because like coming back to like reading so much, and I just used to read so many stories. I think I'm very, very narrative focused. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's hard. I think more than anything, I probably I'm bad at l- looking at comics, but I'm good at writing about them. I think my writing has probably improved. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I still feel like I'm nowhere near as good at talking about them. But I feel I probably have improved. 
from what it was. Yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> no, that's good. That's one thing that I kind of found too is that kind of the more I wrote, the more like I would read a lot of comics just to figure out why people like them, you know, if I wasn't yeah. into it. And a lot of times it had to do with the art. And then it's like saying that like this angle on this panel is like way more exciting than this other angle. It's like piecing it together, kind of. Yeah. Slowly building a picture. Do you consider yourself a critic? Like, how do you label yourself as a writer about comics? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, there's so much. I get sort of like really hung not hung up but so I guess tangled up in all like you know these discussions these micro discussions and like I guess I I am but I know that I would call myself a critic Mm -hmm. um just but then like because I think in terms of like reviewing comics to me that's an act of criticism Mm -hmm. um because I'm not just saying hey this is good or this is bad or this is a story I attempt to sort of like deconstruct the you know say why it's good and how it's good or why it's bad what works what doesn't work you know what what it speaks to if it speaks to anything themes and things like that but I know there are uh, um I'm very aware that there are people who would say that I'm not a critic (laughs) (laughs) um and yeah I mean I struggle with a lot of it because I I Obviously, I write, like, about newsy pieces as well, so I guess that's not really criticism. That's just writing about comics. Um, and I do enjoy doing that because I get really excited sometimes when, like, a book is announced and, you know, that it's a cartoonist that I really like. Yeah, so I don't... I really don't care about labels, but it's just, like, in terms of calling yourself something, mm-hmm. um, writer about comics seems just like, uh, you know, it seems like... It just seems an avoidance of a term which... Of, of the term critic, essentially, to me. Yeah, and it's um, super clunky, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you can just have one word. But I guess there are people who write about comics ostensibly who do not criticize them. Um, so I can understand why that is around. Because there are there's lots of websites who sort of write about comics and they're not really examine them. They're more, like, news-focused or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but it's not... I don't get too hung up about it. I just, like... I do this thing and it's like, yeah, whatever. I'm not really. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty I, healthy. I, I don't know. I just don't feel like that's a particular thing that I'm interested in. Anyway, I, and now I wrote my Twitter bio, Kingmaker. That's, that's, that's sort of, that's why I call myself now. <laughs> that's it. I don't want to be called anything else. Oh, we need a King Slayer too in that case. Oh, really? I might have to adopt that, but um, <laughs> what do you? You should. You could be a Kingslayer. That'd be amazing, right? You're right, and you're probably too like you. You're too kind. You seem like too reasonable to be a Kingslayer, David. Oh, it's all because I'm I'm very impatient and easily exasperated. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't come across at all. You hide it really well. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of thinking before you know. I put pen to paper. Oh, I, I, do, I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I had a couple, um, I guess, run-ins is a good word for it. When I was, I guess, less measured to where I would write when I was super upset and you could tell in the writing and uh, it got super awkward with some people. And like, 
for me, I hate when that happens because then it's like, but you're not looking at the point. You're looking at, you know, like me fighting somebody else. Yeah, so I kind of put a lot of thought to that. But so what do you get out of criticism? Like why, why critique comics? You mentioned being excited for news posts. Do you get a similar feeling when you're kind of digging into a comic book? Can I ask you a question? Sorry, before we come to that, just about yeah. what you said. Um, you know, you were saying like, like maybe you initially responded like in a more reactionary manner. Mm-hmm. Do you feel people engage with you more now that you're like measured, more measured, or you know, like they take things on board? Do you think there's been like a shift? Uh, it's a mix. I think people paid more attention when I would say outlandish things, right. but now I have better conversations. Right. If that, if like that distinction makes sense, like no, fewer no, conversations, but better ones. Yeah. Because you know, like mm-hmm. if you see a thing and you're like, "This is trash," then everyone will be like, "Yes, it is," or "No, it isn't," and then that, like that's as far as it goes. Yeah. But I've been trying this thing where it's like I, I kind of try to get to the heart of a thing instead of just like putting one sentence on it, you know. Yeah. And then people kind of have to engage. It's not just like a binary you know, like, let's you and him fight situation. Yeah. It's really weird. I hope you don't mind me saying this. Yeah. Um, because I know, like, you were, like, one of the first writers that, like, I engage with on that level, and I know that's the same for, like, a lot of people that really look up to you. But also, like, I feel like a lot of the discussions that you have or, like, the way that you write, um, I, I just try and stay away from, like, you know, those sort of, like, op-ed things anyway because... Mm-hmm. I, I'm way too reactionary. I never get to the point where I'm calm, <laughs> <laughs> and I can talk about it easier. Um, and like you said, it it doesn't make sense. Like so many times, I've started writing an angry thing, and by the time I've calmed down, and I'm just like, oh, you know what? Fuck this! It's not even worth it. Yeah. Um, but I feel like like the things that you write, and like like they're so obviously they're really sort of considered and thoughtful. But it seems so repetitive to me, you know, like having the same conversations over and over again. And like, you know, for example, like I know you recently moved to Tumblr and people just be like, oh, yes, you know, here's David and that's it. And, you know, like you see the reblogs and it's just like David saying this really smart thing. I'm really grateful for David. But there seems to be like no engagement with what you're actually saying or like how do we advance this? You know, what is he saying? How do we act on it or how can we? move this forward it's just like i don't know it seems like uh, i don't know it's strange i don't know i don't know if i'm just seeing it from like a certain angle no we're on we're on the same page because it's super frustrating because i what did i do i did that thing uh like talking about diversity to myself just like kind of putting everything that is in my head on the page yeah and it got linked around and stuff and uh i think only one person added to it and that was like Spurgeon saying that I'm going to engage with this later because it, it like deserves a little bit of space. And I was like, no, like just jump in. Like, let's have this uncomfortable conversation. Like, it's nice. Like I shouldn't, like, I like that people appreciate what I write, even though I'm terrible at taking a compliment, but I would rather have like true engagement. Yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me why you disagree or tell me how, you know, what I got wrong. Yeah. Which is, I'm not sure if it's because like Twitter exists now and like so many conversations happen kind of in their own little realm, you know? Yeah. But it's weird. Yeah. Like, I feel like 
comics doesn't like conversating so much as being like, oh, here's the final word. Good night, everybody. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely a lot of that. I see a lot of, yeah. And I'm definitely, you know, like I dropped out of college. I'm not that smart. Surely somebody else is something they could add to the conversation. No, I don't. I don't think it matters whether you went to college or not. I went to college twice, and I'm like the dumbest person on earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's literally tick box in college. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think that's why I just I stay out of it because I'm very aware. I'm, I'm just sort of like so reactionary to it. But yeah, um, like from the things that I do say, I don't even think there's anybody writing about those issues or. You know, any not just diversity, like any of the issues that are affecting comics and even affecting, I guess, wider pop culture. Um, even a particularly interesting or considered way, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of a single person. Yeah, is, actually, I think part of like my approach is seeing that I was repeating myself. You know, because there's yeah. only so many ways that you can type like please be nicer to people in your comics. This doesn't mean that I'm censoring you. It just means maybe you should think about it. You know, mm-hmm. like I've written that essay like a dozen times and yeah. every time I try to do it a little bit differently so that it's like, maybe this time they'll get it and I won't have to do this in three months from now. Yeah. It's really weird. Cause it's sort of like this. It's sort of like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like you're really respected. Like people respect you, but it's just not, taken on board yeah. so it, 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 I mean I find like uh, yeah I just find it really strange because every time you write something people are like yeah and I'm like okay yeah David's written another thing <laughs> what are we going to do about it and it's like that's it <laughs> that's like, it just a yeah <laughs> just a yeah nod it's, you know if I'm like okay alright okay but that's yeah, totally sorry. like a Twitter and Tumblr thing too is like now you have a nice quote that you can put on your Tumblr page that shows you care instead of like doing something yeah yeah it's really i find that phenomenal really strange as well like oh yeah you know like just the act of linking to it like say if you've written a post oh i'm so grateful for david Woods or david Woods makes some really salient points in this must read and that's it you know that's your daily dose of progressivism yeah that's your like that's your good deed for the day that's how you showed you were like part of the good guys yeah i keep praying that like the conversation actually happens but we'll see yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted your question. And I forgot. Oh no, that was that was fine. That I think that was interesting. Um, oh, it was uh, like, why do you enjoy criticism? Um, enjoy it. I just I used to. I think I enjoy it less now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lot less. Um, when I started out, I just used to really love what I was um, reading, and I sort of. I, by extension, I just, oh my God, I should tell you a really boring anecdote. Yeah, do it. <laughs> I went to, um, so going back to my sheltered existence, I I went to a sort of like an Islamic girls school um, in Dewsbury, which is sort of a different town from where I grew up. So we would go there every day and come back. Um, and it was a girls only school. So I, I didn't have... A lot of friends in the same town that I grew up in because obviously everybody went to separate schools and I was going to another town. And then when it when I finished high school, I went to a Catholic sixth form. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, and it was it was it was a really strange um, 
culture shock because there were white people (laughs) (laughs) and also like boys um but I remember like you know on the first day we our teacher made us all like sit uh, arrange our chairs in a circle and we had to do an icebreaker (laughs) (laughs) um and you had to introduce yourself and like say something about your interests (laughs) and it still makes me go red and cringe when I think about it. And I said, my name is Zainab and I like reading and writing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still true. <laughs> Those are probably two of the things I really enjoy doing most. <laughs> it sounds really boring. But I get it. There's like there's definitely <laughs> pleasure in both those acts, I feel. Yeah. I don't it was just like I used to read so much as a child. And I was never really, like, a playing outdoorsy person or sort of, like, you know, that whole thing. I I wasn't antisocial. I used to I used to play when I was at school. I used to pretend I was a Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. And I used to pretend, like, I was a hologram. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, don't speak to me. I'm not really here right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had a really vivid imagination probably because I read so much. Um, I just used to like. I don't know, like you, the adventure was so di- it was so different, um, and it just like, I guess it's that really standard thing about being transported to like other worlds, and it feels really Im- immersive, um, but safe at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always loved reading, and I used to. Love, I think just writing came hand in hand with that because. I was like, oh, I like what that person is doing. I like what I'm reading. So I I obviously had, like, this, like, a degree of imagination, like, inspiration from that. So I used to write a load. I, I really liked Agatha Christie, and I used to sort of, like, rip off <laughs> Hercule Pyro and write about, like, a little ball detective <laughs> and things like that I used to write loads and loads of letters and just a random thing and um I think that was when I peaked really creatively when I was about 11 <laughs> um, but there was yeah it was just it's just really boring that was it you know I just used to like when I started writing about comics like a couple of years back I really enjoyed it because I was doing um I did my master's in librarianship which is not something I'm vastly interested in but I needed the qualification um, if you want to apply for a certain level of job in libraries, you need the qualification. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it the same time I was working um, full time. And I hated every second of it. And I thought to myself, you know, when I finished, um, I'm going to actually write about, about things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think that was when I came off my master's. I did like that really... There was it one year, was it, it wasn't last year, it was, I think it was 2013 where I wrote like about 400, 350, like almost an article every day. And it was just because I really, I really, I think at that point, like my, my idea of comics was unsullied, which sounds really naive because <laughs> I'm like nearly 13. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I did a lot of growing up over the past four years, just in general, in terms of um identity politics and just general politics i guess too and how that permeates everything yeah uh and to the extent and i didn't know a lot of that before which sounds dumb but i think that's also like a a common thing 
Like you kind yeah. of grow up feeling uh, like kind of you just take what you're given as far as being taught goes. And then yeah. you become an adult and it's like, wow, everything is way more complicated and terrible than you could have ever expected. Yeah. But it, I, I sort of feel frustrated at myself for, for not like interrogating you know, everything or not questioning things that happened to me because lots of things used to happen to me, but I never used to, I just used to take them. Mm -hmm. I never used to say, oh, well, actually, you know, to like people or to whoever, or why is this happening? Or, you know, I just used to take it. And I think part of that is sort of like cultural perhaps, but yeah, but yeah. So I think the reason I used to, I just used to enjoy it because I, I used to enjoy reading comics. I used to enjoy I was really into it for a long period. I mean, I still re- I still love them a lot. Otherwise, I just wouldn't do it. But it definitely feels like work now. Mm-hmm. Um, where it didn't used to at all. And recently, I've been thinking about it. Like every year, I will... <laughs> I say every year like I've been doing this for years. <laughs> um, um but it has been almost five years, like in this sort of like iteration. I think we've talked about this. Like every year, I'm just like, oh, why am I still doing this? And especially because I think like things in, is on Twitter now. Like you can talk about a book, and those tweets will get more traction than if I link to like a, say a thousand word piece that I've written. Yeah, which is crazy. Which yeah, which seems it seems it sort of like why am I doing this? It's really redundant. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, to a point I do it for myself because in the first instance, I would never do it if I wasn't gaining something out of it um, on a selfish level. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm sort of really thinking about that. Like I, Steve and I went to dinner last week and I was just saying to him, I was like, oh, I talked about this book and it got like over 500 retweets and I can link to an essay and it like, you know, like 50 people read it or something. <laughs> and it, yeah, so I don't know. I'm trying to process that. And like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I still, I really, I think nothing compares to sort of like being able to sort out your thoughts about something and bring them together. And, but for me that, I don't know how you feel about about that but like it's so rare that I will feel happy with completely happy I think about something that I've written that everything came together in the way that I wanted it to yeah very Um, rarely yeah but I I also like the idea of sort of working to achieve that that every now and then that you will hit that nirvana Mm -hmm. which happens like twice a year (laughs) but um yeah I, I like that but yeah, so I don't know enjoyment. I think I still getting something out of it, although I couldn't, for the life of me, tell you what. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I do. I I like I like the community, but at the same time, it feels. I feel really separate from it as well because, I, I live in like Yorkshire, and we have like a couple. We have. I feel quite lucky. We have quite. A f- uh, we have like two really good comic book shops, which are within like. Um, half an hour's walking distance and like a 10 minute bus drive um but in terms of community that i don't there's no one i guess it's steve (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but that's it like you could i feel really separate from it all in a way like you know when all 
all this, everything goes down like online <laughs> and it feels really far away. And at the same time, it feels quite close, I guess, because it's like my chosen area of interest or I don't know, but it doesn't feel, I don't feel that much part of it yeah. because it, it just, it's far away. And I think if you was, I don't know, maybe I just have an idea of it where, oh yeah, everybody in Canada sees each other so often. <laughs> everybody in North America, they're all hanging out, you know, in Portland or whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you, for me, it's mostly online too. Like, yeah, uh, really? Gavin lives across the country. Most of my, uh, like, blogging friends, you know, like Tucker Stone and the Funny Book Babylon guys were in New York City. And I'm over here right. in California. So it's like, we would chat online, you know, like Google chat yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But I'll yeah. tell you, when I, I actually felt a lot like you did in terms of, uh, like, s- forgetting or not being able to understand why I was still doing it. Mm. And if you look at, like, the last two or three years of Fourth Letter, I, I solved it by getting really, really self-indulgent. Yeah. So I would write about music for two months and then maybe a little bit about comics and then, like, just on violent comics for a while. I remember doing that. Yeah. So it's almost like zeroing in on my own taste and being like, this is what matters right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm doing, yeah. The thing that I feel like I'm trying to do is just go back and sort of, which is probably not a good idea, but replicate when I used to enjoy it. So like the things that I used to do. um, But I also feel that that is a bad idea. But I, I, I totally get what you're saying about zeroing in on like what you like um and just writing about that because because it's you know you're trying to enjoy or you're trying to find your place within it somehow again mm-hmm. um, if it's still there yeah so I, I I've got like I have lots of random ideas but then also I feel like because I have a patreon and I don't know I have like some sort of readership and I I, I feel the pressure less now but I really used to feel the pressure to sort of like produced really regularly because for like two years I did that to acquire a high degree and I feel like oh there should be something new or uh, like two or three new pieces like every week mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if it's like the best thing for terms of quality but yeah so I'm still figuring it out I mean I I I like Patreon because it, it like it, it allows me to sort of like hire people like I've got Kim and I really like her stuff um and perspective and also like sloan is um serializing her comic online yeah for me. i'm really on- excited about that by the way yeah she's so amazing yeah um, i i really really love her work and especially i think i'm not just saying this because it's going to be on comics of color but i um she does sort of like she she i think she has so much range in terms of like what she can cover like she does her image stuff and then she's got like um, things like, you know, body made of seeing, and that's again, it's sort of really different to like what she's doing, like maps to the suns, which is sort of like a sports comic, mm-hmm. and they all feel really different. And and then she does like that wolf comic as well. And I think she's amazing. I think she's so good. So I'm really sort of excited for that. And she is such like a, I guess, strong point of view. Like she, she is. She's purposeful, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Which I think is something, like a lot of people make comics, but not a lot of people are like, I want to do this for this reason. 
Yeah. I don't know. We haven't, maybe I haven't talked to you enough together. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I love Sloane. Every time we talk, like, she puts me onto some crazy new movie or, like, comic that I never heard of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I follow her Tumblr and she's always like, I feel like I should watch movies more, but I never, you know, like, sometimes, I don't know if it's true, but um, you don't get into something at a certain age, or maybe it's just not, movies aren't really for me, like, I don't watch a lot of movies, mm-hmm. but I feel like the things that I do watch all tend to be very sort of, like, Eurocentric mm-hmm. um, and American. Um, but, yeah, I always see her, like, posting these amazing looking movies and I'm like yeah I should I should watch that I always you know like them like I'll come back to them later and then I never do (laughs) (laughs) but yeah you can see like she's I like that you know I guess I look up to her in that way that I would like to be as well rounded in you know like my what I consume I guess yeah no yeah I respect that a lot yeah yeah I kind of have the same thing where it's like I gotta see this but I have no idea where to even go to find it you know yeah. You're friends with Claire Napier. Yeah. Tell me about hanging out with Claire and working with Claire on stuff. I found it through, I found it through you, um, through your Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same way I found like Jamila as well, um, um, and probably quite a few other people. So we start, I started following her because I think you linked to a few of our articles, and um, I, th- I, I really like the way she writes because it's so different from, like, my approach, um, like, I would just never, I feel like I'm a really bread and butter type of writer in terms of, like, my approach is really standard and so, like, straight, like, I'm just like, here is this book and now we will talk about this, 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 this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, um, it's really like that, um, which is fine, but, I mean, like, it's not anything... And uh, Claire, Claire's really not like that. Like, sometimes, half the time, I have no idea what the hell she's on about. <laughs> and her, I, I, but I love that. Like, I, her, it's really inspiring to me. Like, her perspective is so unique. Or she'll just see something and she'll talk about it from that focus. And she was the one, like, we were talking and she was like, actually, do you realize that you, you're really narrative focused? I'm like, yeah, I am. That's, and I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> and she's like, oh, neither. It's just a thing. I was like, okay. Yeah, so I find that really inspiring, and then I think we started chatting to each other, and she's really great because she's sort of like me. Um, she likes sending things in the post. Um, um, I really like that's one of my favorite things to do. Like I'm a dinosaur. I like um, sending people books in the post, and I like receiving books in the post. I like letters, um, and Claire's really good at that. Like she'll send you things like um i like glitter so she sent me a glitter package (laughs) (laughs) um i'm probably the only person in the world who likes glitter people why do people hate glitter i don't know but i did just read a comic where a character loves glitter and her older sister doesn't get it i'll have to send you the uh the page from it It it's so sparkly and (laughs) it gets everywhere so like you're shining forever but people hate it but anyway yeah um and then we went to the lakes together and, you know, when you meet someone and they're sort of, like, pretty much exactly how you thought they would be? Yeah. Um, and that was really nice because she wasn't, <laughs> she was she was just, like, the way, the way I thought Claire would be. Um, and it was really cool to be able to spend time together. But she lives so far away. So we haven't, like, and then we went to the lakes together in October. And 
then thought bubble was in November and she was down here, but we didn't get to spend much time together. We had sort of like dinner with like, you know, a huge group of people that you do at conventions, Mm -hmm. but we didn't really get to spend so much time together. So it's just sort of like online, which is, she's so cool. And I find her really inspiring in terms of like, I, I guess I'm just constantly looking, it sounds really selfish, like, oh, I look at this person in terms of how I can evolve. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, yeah, she inspires me in that way, like, I think she's really smart, and, but she's never sort of, like, I guess she's not in your face about it, like, so many people are very aware of their own smartness, and it's not particularly existent, but they like to shove it in your face. And she's just really smart and thoughtful and uh, and talented, I think. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate her. And I like... She makes me think differently as well on lots of subjects. I mean, I don't always agree with her. Mm-hmm. But I like... I definitely like what she does. And I like having her around because I think it makes you a better person to have people like that. Yeah, I think so too. Her Ghost in the Shell essays I love because I've been... a uh, Shiro fan for years you know like since I was a kid probably but I don't think I'd ever talk to a woman about Ghost in the Shell until talking to Claire and like having that balancing point of view actually makes me appreciate like the book and her work even more yeah like not that the only value is that she's female and writing about it but that she is like such a considered like here's what I'm going to talk about here's how I'm approaching this point of view Yeah. yeah Yeah. I never got into the Ghost of the Shell. I I brought the first volume, and I think his cartooning is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, like, I've taken that. I don't think I even finished that book because I just could not make it through. And I, think I remember first. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say I think it's definitely one of those things you have to come to a little bit early. Otherwise, uh, it's hard to buy into like his weirdo universe. Yeah. Well. I- I don't know anything about him. I know, like, people say he got super weird later on. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but apparently the first book was supposed to be really good. And, uh, like, I brought I brought it. I think I borrowed it initially from someone, and I couldn't get into it. And then, again, you know, like, when somebody writes something really good, mm-hmm. and, like, I hear people talking about it, and I was like, oh, that does sound amazing, so I'm going to give it another go. Uh, and then I bought it, and... When I was working at the comic book store, so I was like, oh, I could get this on a discount. And I read, I think, at least half of it. And I just, uh, yeah, it was really, really, I think the two things that I probably do not get into, I think the humor is quite specific and also like the politics and cybernetics aspect. When things get too technical, it really pulls me out of things mm. like the narrative, the narrative, <laughs> the narrative, David. Yeah. So I couldn't, but yeah, I like his art is just amazing. Like his expressions, it was, it's so good. Like I pulled that book off my shelf so many times because my space is so limited. And I was like, should I get rid of this? Should I give it to someone? But then I open it and I look at it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep it. It's just one book and it looks amazing. Even if I never finish it. Yeah. No, I was just going to say it also makes me sad so that I can't get into it because it looks so good. <laughs> He's a guy that, um, you know, like Alan Moore has a reputation for kind of overriding and giving you too much information. Right. Shiro would put footnotes in his comics about things that would never have any bearing on the story about like <laughs> right. the government of the society that this action comic is based in. 
and then you would expect it to play into something later, but it doesn't. He just wanted to talk about like socialism for a hundred words or something. I respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do. I mean, even if you don't like it, I respect that he's so sort of like singular about his vision. Yeah, exactly. Um, even if it can be alienated. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's uh I honestly I really like your friendship with Claire, if that doesn't sound weird, because like I feel like community is so important, both as like critics and also just as normal human beings, like talking to people about stuff and that kind of thing. Yeah. And like seeing you two playing off each other or just like talking on Twitter is always kind of cool because it's like I'm also learning from you guys while you two are learning from each other. Yeah. Like it's all a big cycle. Yeah, I don't think I could teach anybody anything. Like my family, my family, most of my family are teachers. But I never, when I remember when I finished my English degree, my dad was like, "So you're gonna you're going to teach?" I was like, "No." So <laughs> <laughs> like he wasn't shocked, but he was there because obviously he knows me. But I don't I don't think I have the patience to sort of, and I feel like it's so much responsibility to teach children. Um, oh yeah, and you know, oh this like by the time you have left my class, you will know this, 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 and that that's going to set you further in life. And I just, that the burden of that responsibility would be way, way too much for me. I could never handle it. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, like, I feel like a big, a big reason why people like your blog so much is that you're really good at finding things to talk about, which like no. might not be, you know, like maybe some other site doesn't cover it, but it's still really interesting or valid or whatever. And in my mind, that's teaching. Like, I'm still learning something. Like, I really think you're one of, like, maybe three people online who's written about Circuit Breaker, the Kyle Baker comic. Oh, yeah, I love Kyle Baker. Yeah. And he's so good. And even just, like, between The Shadow or My Name is Saturn or whatever, like, he, like he's legendary. But you wouldn't know it to look at, you know, most comic sites or blogs. This is the thing, I find it so amazing. I'm sure I've written about this so many times because, like, he, all his stuff is online now. Like, he's put, that's another amazing thing that like, he's put. But I remember because, you know, I was just saying, like, I came to, like, various things just on my own. Um, and it's just so I come to things, like, really weirdly. And I can't remember how I read um, My Name is Saturn. And it's just one of those things that I brought the book. And, and I was like, and then I... I was sort of, it was amazing, it was, I was really blown away by it, and it was so good, and at that point, I think I sort of, like, researched into him, and, like, he'd done a ton of other books, and I was like, how come nobody ever talks, like, people talk about all the greats in comics, and nobody talks about Kyle Baker, and he's so, so, so much better yeah. than the people we do talk about, it's, and I think somebody said to me, oh, like, he has a reputation of, like, he was difficult to work with or whatever, and I was like, there is some, there's fucking shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, who've done much, much worse things and be a little bit difficult to work with. And, you know, like, unsubstantiated rumors. And even if he was, you know, like, who who cares, man? Yeah. Um, like, his work is, yeah, I I have no words for it. I, I don't understand, like, um, why he's not talked about more. Um, I really like, especially um, the way... Oh, what's, I, always get the, I always get the title wrong. Um... It's it's not called Are You Here? What's it called? You okay. Are Here, I think. Yeah, and like that look, that book looks so amazing. It's just like the colors and like I think you can tell like he was sort of, I think 
I'm not able to talk well about like you know the way animation and comics sort of crossovers, but and like the way it influences each other. But like his scenery and scene setting um, and the colors in general and everything is just like. I, I actually was going to do a thing like this year, which I'm still thinking about, where I thought, oh, every month I'll write about one kind of Baker comic in oh, detail. Oh, you have because, to do it. That'd be great. <laughs> because nobody else is really doing it. Um, and I think it's a travesty. But I also, like, there are some things that I feel like I could talk about, and there are some things, like, coming back to, like, what we talked about earlier, I feel like I don't have, like, the adequate sort of ability to speak properly about, but I'm going to give it a go anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, um... Really? Yeah, I, I just I, I don't realize why that gap is there because yeah, I, I love him. Yeah, that's basically on the same boat. Like he's so good. He, he's really smart, and he's also sort of like he's quite. Um, I like people who are. I, I appreciate not everybody can be that way. Although I personally feel that they should be that way, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> but he seems really. He seems upfront and honest. Um. Or certain like certainly the former. Uh, um, uh, you know, in terms of like, he will say what he sees. He doesn't talk about like issues generally because, but when he does make a comment, he'll just be like, yeah, whatever, as if. <laughs> and like, you know, he's so unsurprised by everything. And I really appreciate that about him as well because I feel, you know, other people are really protective of the idea of a career or whatever and the way that like speaking out might affect them. And he doesn't, he doesn't. Um, so I like that about him as well. I'm going to look forward to those posts. Like that is honestly a really exciting idea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whether it will come to fruition, but I really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to wrap up with what's either an impossible question or a really easy one for you, but the rocker Vin okay. Diesel. Oh, Vin Diesel. Everybody's getting this question wrong. <laughs> um, it is Vin Diesel. How can you choose to rock over Vin Diesel? I think Vin Diesel is... I like Vin Diesel because he speaks to me more because he just seems, like, so corny. Um, <laughs> and and that is me. Like, he's so real. And, you know, like, he's so... He's really emotional and he's really sort of, like, sincere. Like, he says these things and I absolutely agree with him. Like, when he's, like, oh, he was saying... Um, and I really love, like, how the Guardian would report on it, like, in a really sarcastic manner, like, when he was saying, oh, the Fast and Furious should win Oscars. And um, I don't see why it shouldn't, personally. And, you know, like, I totally get where he's coming from because, like, those things mean crap. Um, and in terms of what... I, 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 I'm still, like, baffled at how, like, what, how Fast and Furious 5... What happened there? Like nobody saw that coming, right? No, not at all. I like I quit no. part four halfway through, and I was just like, "Oh, this is the worst." Then I tried five, and it was basically perfect. Yeah, it was really weird because I remember I went with two of my girlfriends, um, and we just picked a movie at random, and it was Fast and Furious Five, and we came out of it, and I think there was a song at the end, and it was really amazing, and we were all like dancing by the end, <laughs> and it was like wow that was actually really really good yeah it was it, it's amazing i love that franchise and i love that i also really like um i like the way that he's regardless of i mean value is a really arbitrary thing to talk about but like he's really invested in what he does you know and he doesn't really seem that affected by how other people perceive it, it to be like the same way he was with like um 
I think Pitch Black, which is one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, it's um, really good. Um, and then like people really don't like the Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I like it because it's so different to what the first movie, and I like that it just sort of like zagged. You know, it yeah. it, it has nothing to do with aliens in that in that sense. Like the first movie was like a tight horror thing. Um, race Against Time and the second movie was just like space opera and I like that and the third movie was just like I thought the third I prefer the second over the third because the third was just trying to rehash the first one and it didn't really do anything interesting it was just like serviceable yeah Um, but yeah he seems sort of like he I like him like The Rock in my opinion The Rock is too cool not too cool <laughs> but he's just cooler um, and in terms of me being able to identify with that, I've never been cool. So <laughs> I, so by proxy, like the rock is a cool guy. It's, it's cool to like the rock and it might not necessarily be cool to like Vin Diesel. Um, and that's why I prefer Vin more because he speaks to me on that level. <laughs> that's fair. Did you see, um, the last witch hunter? No, I saw the trailer. So. <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. How bad was it? It was, was it actually a- not that bad. It wasn't as good as like Pitch Black, but <laughs> it was like you know how you look at a Batman story. And you're like, if I was Batman, here's how I would do it. It is yeah. basically that, right? Like he even gets like Michael Caine as his Alfred and Elijah Wood as his Robin, and it's it's totally worthwhile. Elijah Wood in it. Yeah, he plays a, a very young priest. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and there's there's like a crazy anecdote I was reading uh, after it came out because like every time I see a movie now, I'm like, oh, what did the internet have to say? Like, are there any good think pieces? And there's a part where he has a flaming sword in the movie. And apparently right. uh, the studio was like, look, then we can't let you actually set a sword on fire because the insurance would go through the roof. <laughs> and he was like, well, I'm going to do it because that would be awesome. And you don't get to tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> I think he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so you're at comicsandcola.com, and on Twitter, the same name, Comics and Cola. Yeah, it's just really boring. Yeah. Are you on? You're still on Tumblr, right? Yeah, that's mainly like I find <laughs> Tumblr to be the most satisfying thing because I don't have to do anything. I just reboot blog pictures I like and it really fulfills me <laughs> <laughs> but it's not I don't think it's a comics and call because I just made it as when I started out you know I don't know anything about anything so just I think it's well you said well not wisely yeah well uh thank you for talking with me I think this was a lot of fun really yeah, yeah I, thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was really boring <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that hour flew by all right, okay. As as long as you were sort of like kept um, engaged. Kebratan hai manasiye dood hai rood, piye dabbe wala dood, yo ud vilavar ud. Bole bum bum bhagat bhagat bhaag Bole bhagat 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 bhaag
Yo motor 